All right, welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast for the week of February 27th. It is March 1st. We are in March. We are close to golf season, kind of, maybe a little bit. Um, in this week's episode, lots to catch up on. We were not around last week, so we will touch on the Genesis briefly. I got to, had the privilege of playing Riviera Country Club, so I will tell you about my experience there a little bit. And then we got to talk about the Honda Classic. Chris Kirk back in the winner's circle. 35-1 to 1 winner. Really excited for Kirk. Uh, preview the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It's up to Orlando and Bay Hill in what looks to be some seriously windy conditions this week, particularly on Friday. It's going to be a bloodbath. Winning scores of 5 and 4 under par the last two editions of the API, respectively. So, uh... I don't even know that we're going to get to five under this year. So uh, you need guys who can play tough courses well. Got to talk about Live Golf. Um, they had an event that apparently nobody watched, despite the major breakthrough partnership with the CW. I regret to inform the Live Tour champions that uh, um, it doesn't look like it made much of a dent. Uh, in terms of their overall audience and the appeal that they have among golf uh, fans. And then we're going to touch on what's going on in the college ranks as well. But first, as it relates to Liv, hot off the presses, Yeoman Lynch Golf Week. The PGA Tour approves radical schedule changes, reducing fields and elevated events, and ending cuts. I'm going to read through some of this for you. This is big news. I don't think it's positive. Uh, most people agree that it is not positive. I don't really know why they're even doing this. It looks like a knee-jerk reaction to a tour that's closer to its end than its beginning already. And yet, here we are. So this is from direct, lifted, read directly from the article. The PJ Tour board on Tuesday night, last night, ratified a radical new approach for the 2024 schedule that will see reduced fields in the new designated events and the removal of the 36-hole cut. Fields and designated events will be reduced to between 70 and 78 players with no halfway cut. However, the majors, the Players' Championship, and the FedEx Cup playoff tournaments will be unaffected. Designated events were launched this year in an effort to guarantee the presence of the game's top stars and to ensure they are paid more with a minimum purses of $20 million in each event. We've seen that at the Waste Management, at the Genesis. We'll see it again this week at the API. We also saw what it looks like when they're not elevated at the Honda Classic. Due to the haste with which the designated events came about, a direct response to the threat posed by Live Golf, no changes were made to field sizes for 2023. But that won't apply when the tour returns returns to a calendar year schedule, excuse me, in 2024. We want top players and hot players, one source told Yeoman Lynch. Fields at designated events would be comprised of the top 50 players who qualify for the BMW Championship during the previous season's playoffs, plus the top 10 players not otherwise eligible on the current FedEx Cup points race and five places earned through performance in non-designated events. Other qualification criteria will include consideration of the official world golf ranking, 
ranking, most likely with a focus on the top 30, which is intended to accommodate a top player who may be returning from injury and otherwise be ineligible for designated events. Tour executives ran multiple data simulations of how a season would play out to ensure sufficient churn in the system. However, proposals from top players at the meeting in Delaware last summer called for smaller fields and no cuts, but their criteria would have seen 80% of players remain in the elevated events from season to season. These changes will make it only about 60%. PGA Tour spokesperson declined to confirm any details of this plan. The Yeoman Lynch and Golf Week, a memo explaining the changes, however, is expected to be sent to tour members at some point today. So I don't know if I hit on all the major points there, but effectively what we've done is we've not only elevated the events and made the purses 20 million. We saw what that looked like at Riv and Scottsdale where we had full fields and there was a cut. And I think the outcome was tremendous. I mean, it was very exciting. The money is stupid. And I think in some ways it's a little silly a $3.6 million first prize for winning more, <laughs> winning more money at TPC Scottsdale than you win at the masters. These I get, mean, these guys getting paid too much. You think it's a little <laughs> out of whack, I think, but it speaks to the overreaction. Now we're doing that and we're going down to between 70 and 78 players and no cut. And obviously the fear here is that, um, the product is not as good, which I think, why would you cut the field to 78 from 144 if you don't need to? I don't know that you need to. I mean, make the cut if you're top 30. In the, like, come on, this is still supposed to be a meritocracy. And then the larger fear being, you know, not just that these events aren't as fun to watch, but that we don't get the breakthrough type of players and performances that are, you know, that's how stars are born and what we love about the PGA Tour. If it's 70 to 78, are, are we going to see the, those kinds of stories? I guess I don't know. Those would be kind of the questions that I have. I don't, I hate change regardless, as we've seen through this whole process. Like, I like the way that it is now. So I'm against basically all of it. This, however, again, just seems like an overreaction to a non-threat, right? Uh, that's kind of how I, I take it. I, 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 tr- I truly don't under- understand the reason to cut it to a smaller field size. I, from like a from like a TV viewing standpoint, they're never they're never going to show those guys unless they were in a position to be shown anyway. Like if they were going to miss the cut, they would never show up. Like I don't really know how those other 70 so or so guys affect, affect it really, really affected at all. When, like when push comes to shop, I don't, um, I'm having a hard time. It gra- makes it, it makes the tournament worse. I mean, is when you have fewer players, you have less, it's less competitive. Yeah. Especially, especially when mean, it was it was already an, an elevated event that was already going to be the cream of the crop players as as it was and now we're seeing it essentially just cut in half 
Like I really believe that anybody that was in an elevated event or whatever they they have a name that's not elevated for it. Anybody that's in one of those events could win more so obviously than let's say the Honda classic, maybe a bad example, but the Honda classic, which I liked. You did miss one part. You did miss that. I kind of laughed at was they, <laughs> even in these, these new elevate events, there is still sponsor exemptions, obviously for, for Tiger Woods. <laughs> if you ever, <laughs> if you ever want. And they kept that official world golf record clause in there too. I think that may be not just for injured for players. Don't you think that that's might be there for guys who return from like, is that the Brooks Kepka rule? Uh, if he decide if he can get out of his live contract and get back onto the PGA tour, the PGA Tour is going to want him in those events right away. They're not going to be like, earn your way back up to your status. And what is it? It's top it's, 30, isn't it? He's not inside the top 30. Can't be. What's that? I guess it's the Cameron Smith rule, maybe, or the Taylor Gooch rule. I was thinking Brooks, but if Brooks is outside the top 30, I stand corrected. He's, he's if Brooks n- is outside the top 30, get it together, dude. He's 90th. Oh! <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah. When was his last win? <laughs> Just two years ago. Um, I think it's been a while. I mean, it's just been. It's obviously it's just been a ninetieth in the world. Yeah, I'm trying to. I mean, he was as low as. I bet I lost. I bet. I lost is today is making me it's absolute bad radio uh i can't find it when his last one was at least not in the official world golf rings i could tell you how bad was the internet the unstable internet connection there for that period of time um it wasn't great it wasn't the best i mean you really i don't understand why you can't just get new internet because <laughs> you don't have it's a good very one. complicated, dude, but I can't get a different provider and this the internet is not good for my whole street. Your whole street? It, it's yeah, the whole whatever. However, what everyone who's connected to this line. I don't understand it, dude. Okay, I just I, that's why it's so frustrating. <laughs> I don't know how this stuff works. There's a black cord coming through my wall. And it also has to be in Henry's room, which we've discussed. So if it ever goes out while he's sleeping, I can't fix it. it it's it's bad. The whole thing's bad. We're moving. We're His moving. La- That's the lesson. Last win was uh, Waste Management 2021. So I was right. That was exactly two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy to have fallen that fallen off that precipitously. That's not because Liv either. I mean, he was probably how far down was he when he left? Maybe the fifties. Who am I? What am I doing? What am I smoking? <laughs> Think he's thinking he's in the top thirty in the world. Yeah, he's, I need to get it. To, he stunk. I need to he get left. it together. Yeah, I need to get it together. Um. So you were you were probably. Um. Do you have anything else you want to? I don't really have a ton to add. I want to see what. I think it obviously it sucks for. The little guy, but as far as 
like just in a vacuum, it's not going to look a ton different from what we are currently seeing with these elevated events. Do you think? I think it's. I I think it's. I think it's more like a WGC. Exactly. Those suck. Nobody liked them. Yeah. They were a massive failure. They don't exist anymore. Well. So, but we're going back to that same well. People, it's not as exciting as people keep thinking. It's just, I think the time, I don't know who presumes this line of thinking, but we want the most dramatic presentation of the golf tournament. We don't care that you did, like, just because you got all the top players doesn't immediately equal that it's going to be great. It usually is. But, like, when Sam Ryder's in the final group at the Farmers, when Justin Suh's in the final group at the Honda, like, that's really exciting to golf fans. Those are great stories. It's very dramatic. They're all incredibly good. On any given day, they can beat each other. They're all within two or three shots of each other in a round. 80% of the rounds they play. They're all phenomenal. Just because you got the top 20 there, you know, I just think we're connecting, having the top players and somehow now fewer players as being better for anyone other than the players. And ultimately, it won't be better for them because the tour won't be as strong. Live is not working. Do the opposite of what they do because that's apparently what people like. Do more of the Honda Classic. I know that maybe the TV price, TV ratings weren't great for the Honda Classic, but last year's high, you know, like it's the field took already took a step back because of your elevated events from where it used to be when Brooks and Keith and Berger and like you had uh, like Lowry and Sungjae were the only guys there. That's. You, the tour did that. So you can't look at the Honda's TV ratings or whatever and be like, see, they need to do more of the, the limited fields will work. I just think it's the WGC and nobody likes those anyway. So I think it's, I say boo. I say boo. <laughs> I think that's a really good way to transition into the live, the live golf ratings. Um, <laughs> because you, you mentioned, you hit on it. The, the fact that maybe, Maybe people aren't uh, very into live. So live golf over the weekend. Uh, this was on on so it was on the CW app on Friday, and it was free to it was free to view. I downloaded the app and it was like it was just right there for you. So you didn't have to like log into anything. And then Saturday and Sunday it was on the CW channel as well as the app, I believe. And Live Golf averaged uh, 300,000 viewers over the weekend in the tour's debut on the CW. The Saturday and Sunday broadcast on CW that was, was seen by 85% fewer viewers than the PGA Tour's broadcast <laughs> network coverage. So even, even with it being the Honda Classic and the field, not even nobody from the top 17 in the world was at the event. They still averaged 2 million viewers on Saturday and Sunday. 
the I'm not sure who it was. Some some Jamoke. I, I think he had something to do with Liv, obviously. He said something along the lines of it was like 1.3 million people t- tuned in for at least a couple minutes throughout the weekend for Liv's. So they, I think it was like a sponsorship, and they were very happy with that. I'm thinking to myself, like, well, why'd they leave? Like, where where did they go? Like, why? And then from the standpoint of it was their very first event of the season up against, like I mentioned, with the Honda Classic not having the best field in the world, you would think what a what a golden opportunity to to get some guys on to get some viewers on live, and obviously did not did not pan out that way. So I I don't <laughs> I don't know what to make of live. I really don't. I I did you did you watch much? No, no. I watched. I would have watched more if it was on YouTube. I think than CW. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I say that, but I'm just not. And even even let's so the Charles Howell one by four. Obviously, it wasn't it wasn't a great viewing experience because Charles Howell the third one by four back in the winner's circle. Charles Howell third, and then his team, which I can't think of their name right now, they won by like nine. So not exactly. They always say the two side, the two sides of the competition, the stroke play and the individual, or the, uh, rather the individual and the team side of it. And then somebody from Live had mentioned that one point three million people at least viewed it, at least tuned in for a couple minutes. And I was thinking to myself, like how. Like where did they go? Why 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 are we only so only three hundred thousand? But people did apparently did tune in for a couple minutes according to this guy. I can't I, his name is escaping me. Sure. Yeah. Um and, uh, what I thought they got outdrawn by world's funniest animals, which aired later that day on the same channel. So that's what CW airs after Live, which got higher ratings than Live. How many of those people do you think were that just fell asleep on the couch so like they, they got all of they got all of live viewers to to keep tuning in just at because, least at least 90 80 percent the tv Whatever, was still on they got like 47 more people to come in for the animal show and then the rest of them were just people who had fallen asleep during live yeah th- those numbers are skewed definitely skewed uh yeah that's really all i have your internet, Peter, is so putrid. <laughs> you sound like a robot. <laughs> well, there's really nothing I can do about it. I hope the listeners at least get like some some comedic value out of it. Is it that bad? It was there since we've gotten back on, but that sounded better. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, how about Chris Kirk? Yes. So pumped for Chris Kirk. Yeah. Uh, that was a really exciting Honda Classic. Yeah. Really well played by Eric Cole. That was like, he almost had it, dude. He just needed to get up and down on 18. Yeah. Guy's been playing on mini tours for like forever. Do you think he's friends with Sam Saunders? I heard Jeez, that. Jeez, they a little. Yeah. <laughs> How about they Sam? get hooked on one storyline and they just can't get off of it? And then quickly another takeaway from the week. Well, for, first I was so happy for Chris Kirk, not because of the sobriety thing, but just because it had been a long time and 
he's just a good dude. People like him. He's a bulldog. And I just think he's a really he's a really good player. So I was happy for him. But then to be open about his sobriety when they really didn't talk much about it on the broadcast, I'm not sure if they mentioned it at all, really. I don't often have them turned up very loud. You know, when I'm watching, I, I might just watch kind of on mute or turn it up when I feel like I want to listen. Um, but I, I thought that was really commendable on his part to be open about that in that moment. He was obviously very complimentary of his family and his wife. And for anyone who knows anything about addiction, it's, it is very, it can be very burdensome on other, other people. And I, I can't remember who it was that mentioned, you know, he's like, he didn't realize how great sobriety would be, would be for him, but really it was better. It made a bigger difference in the lives of the people around him. So that's a wax too poetic on that. But I just thought it was great that he said he talked specifically about that in his post round interview right at the top. So I was, I thought, wow, that's commendable that he would do that. And then secondly, I'm continuing to be impressed by the on course interviews with players, which they did very nicely again this week with Chess and Hadley, who was very funny. It's very good. Keep doing it. You don't have to limit it to just one guy at one point. Like, I think we can keep going here with this. Keep pushing this envelope and do more of this. It's very entertaining. Oh, I think, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I kind of like, you, you can't oversaturate the market, I don't think. Okay, you're good with right. Don't go any further. I I love it. I think it's one of the best things they've done in a long time for for the viewing experience. But that's not to say I want to see like four of those around. No, I don't need that necessarily. Okay, so here's here's kind of what I'm thinking. I'd love to hear from a caddy. Yeah, I don't at almost... some point. I have, I got the player. I'd love to get a caddy too. I think it'd be harder for the caddy. But the other thing I'd like to see is I'd like to see players come off the golf course who play early and go into the booth Mm. so that those first, when the leaders are teeing off, you've got somebody in there who people know, who's well-known, who's charismatic, talking about the golf course. Hey, what'd you, how'd you play the first hole today? What'd you think of this pin? Whatever. I think that's more interesting than just the same two guys over and over again. And particularly at the beginning of the broadcast, I think that, you know, like Phil has done that where he walks off the course and goes into the booth. And obviously he's amazing. I can't wait for him to just do the color for golf on NBC, but which that day is coming. But that I think would be great. More of hearing from the players, the caddies, more in the broadcast, not necessarily that miking up a player as he's walking up the fairway but just like that's interesting perspective they're interesting people more interesting than <laughs> i'm not gonna name names necessarily but like trust me we like hearing from them more than some of the others paulie singer that you should say you should say his name <laughs> name. i think it'd be nice if they did the i, I like all those ideas uh I would like them to maybe just mic up a caddy for the round and almost just yeah, there and just, you go. And just take clips throughout the round. There you go. Of, like they do in football, produce it during the broadcast yeah. and then play it back where 
you see a guy hit a great approach and then you get that sound from how they talked about how they were going to play the shot or whatever. I'm telling you, that stuff is, we like that. Yeah. Uh, well, the networks think we're stupid and we don't want the depth. We do like the depth. Yeah. We love those conversations. Or if they just mic up everyone. And when players are talking to each other going up the fairway, we can hear some of that sound too. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not sure. Imagine about... if you had sound of the tampon incident at Riviera. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. Can you true. believe we had a week we had a week off right after the tampon incident? Yeah. Um I have two points. One about the, the one about the tampon incident and then one about uh Sam Saunders. Uh the the tampon incident. I'm surprised. I think I in the moment I, I from a like a third party perspective, I definitely saw people getting mad about it online. But then I was very surprised to see it really not get any traction for at least 24 hours. And then somebody, I don't like, I guess sparks. I'm not sure if it, cause when it happened Friday, is that right? I think it was Friday. Yeah. I can't quite remember. Maybe it was, so maybe it was just like a Friday. Going back a week and a half now. You're really testing my memory. Like Howard. a Friday night news dump. So I, I, I was surprised to see it not get any traction then. And then it kind of, the floodgates opened up. Um, I do. I mean, I I totally see the 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 point of a woman being kind of offended by by that in this day and age. But at the same time, like I think him saying <laughs> him saying something like, "Oh, it was just supposed to be like a joke around friends." Like Tiger, you that's like, you can't you don't have that opportunity. You you have <laughs> unfortunately you have like you lost that opportunity like thirty five years ago. To be able to yeah, have like I mean, jokes I, yeah. at Riviera walking down. <laughs> I mean, he's surrounded. There's a thousand people within within a hundred feet of him. Probably eight hundred. He of them did their try. Out. You could tell he he definitely tried to hide it. Like it <laughs> seemed like just the way he handed it to him. I don't know if you noticed that. If you like yes. saw that photo, but like you can kind of barely see it. State like he was gonna. I think he actually thought. <laughs> he would give it a get away with it without anybody knowing unless the like, JT told people later or whatever. And it would be like an inner circle thing, but you're right. If he did think that that was, that was, he's wrong either, either way, either he thought he'd get away with it, meaning nobody would see it. In which case that's foolish. Cause that's a, as you point out, there's a lot of cameras and eyeballs there, or he thought it wouldn't be a big deal, which was similarly um, naive. Uh, because that's just, you know, like that's a, I, as you say, if somebody were, were to be, if people are mad about that, I took like, Hey, I get it. I get it. Like, that's not, that's not something that I would ever do or something that I would be proud of if I did, or I'm not, it's not an action I'm going to defend. I personally don't think it's that big of a deal, but if you think it's a big deal, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. That's for damn sure. I mean, Sarah did not like it. I was gonna, I was gonna ask without like throwing Sarah under the bus if if she, but you, you, uh, we had some really <laughs> funny conversations. I was, about it. I yeah, was it curious. It became like, like a running joke for like a week and a half in our house <laughs> because I, we had such a playfully contentious back and forth about it, where I was kind of 
playing devil's advocate and egging her on a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> she did not like it when she first saw it. Yeah, I, I was like, "What is not. this?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I mean, I tried to, I tried to just make jokes about it, and she was like, "No, this is he should not have done this." Like, yeah, no, probably not. I'm kidding. Yeah, I didn't say it was the funniest thing in the world. It reminded me kind of of the Chris Rock joke when he got slapped by Will Smith, because if you had asked Chris Rock later about the whole thing, he probably would have said, "I just wish I wouldn't have done the joke because the joke's not that funny." Yeah. It never was that good of a joke. He was probably on the fence about doing it to begin with. Tiger similarly, kind of like a dumb dumb, like oh, a good one, dude. Yeah, like really creative, you know. Like it, if having the benefit of hindsight, they probably neither one of them would have ever gone through with it because they're like, it's not that funny. I don't want that many people paying attention to it. Jeez, no, it's meant to be like a just a a little thing, but. Yeah, those little things that everybody reacts to everything now. Oh yeah, it's the that's the world we live in. So I and like you said, it wasn't like very unoriginal joke. <laughs> like really not. Yeah, just like, but, like dude, uh, really, ground, groundbreaking really, stuff by any means. Um, like, yeah, even get like a momentary chuckle out of me, and then like a yeah, um. When are we going to see Tiger next? Are we, we going to see? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, well, we're going to see him next at the the Masters. I don't think we'll see him at Sawgrass. You don't think so? I don't think so. I'd be surprised. Um, before we move on from the it's Honda Classic, so flat. That's true. Uh, the Sam Saunders interview had me dying laughing. Him, he said something that was like the most narcissistic thing he's ever said. He's like, "I'm really, I'm really happy for." Um, what do you say? I'm really happy for Eric, but I'm also like really happy for myself for like, cause I've had to, cause I've had to be there while he's like, while he's been grinding and I've been there working with him and like, so it's nice to see like, obviously good, good for him, but good for me too. And I was like, oh, whoa, but I'm actually, I can't believe cause everything, everything that I heard was that like a short game was phenomenal he can get up and down from anywhere and then on 18 the pressure always he wins. hit a lot of he hit a lot of great short game shots though. he hit some really good bunker shots the bunker shot he hit uh to give himself the birdie opportunity in the playoff was incredible that back bunker is no bueno yeah. you do not want to be in there especially the back left part of that bunker with a back right pin he hit, he flubbed it in the trap on 15, but then the second one, he hit a really good one. <clears throat> I mean, he played awesome. Justin Saw played great. It was a really fun leaderboard. Um, I was surprised that Lowry didn't play better on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's like his jam. But I look forward to the day when the Honda gets the elevated status, even though they're going to shove 78 players down our throat because I can't wait to watch those guys go out there and hit it in the water. Yeah, I'll be, curious, I'll be curious to see who takes over this uh, sponsorship because I think Honda is no more. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot all about that. So we will. So we're not going to play at PGA West anymore. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the case. I just know that Honda is not the sponsor. Well, it's too bad. End of an era. All right, so moving on to what everyone think everyone has been waiting for, the moment of how was how was California? 
Nobody gives a damn about that, Hunter. Absolutely they do. And if they don't, then they can they can <laughs> turn it off. Uh so Riviera, I would say Riviera is a special place. Very, very special. Um <clears throat> It feels like you're at like a museum of golf or something. It's very, very private, very quiet, not a lot going on. The whole place smells like eucalyptus. The eucalyptus trees are beautiful. One of them fell down. It was so damn windy and cold while we were there. Literally, one of the eucalyptus trees blew over and we had to play 11, which is a bar five as a bar three. For the last two rounds, because there was a hundred foot eucalyptus laying in the fairway in the landing zone off the tee, um, it was very unseasonably not great weather. Rained, windy, but <clears throat> um, got to see it from where the pros see it on Tuesday, which was really fun. It is punishingly long. It is so long for regular golfers. And you realize when you're out there just how long the pros are. Like they hit it over the second bunker on nine in the air from the back tee. I swung as hard as I could and hit one, just nutted one right up the middle. My ball stopped rolling just beyond the front of that bunker. So effectively they're carrying it 10 more yards, at least in the air from where mine ended up. Well, that doesn't sound like, and I was, sound like a way, I was well ahead of the rest of my group to hit. It is to get to 17 in two from the tips is two seriously good pokes, seriously good pokes. And it's not, it's 7,400 but it plays even longer the par fours and par threes feel so long because 10 is drivable and one is like a driver four iron five iron par five so the rest of the holes feel brutally long and when you're playing in a 20 mile an hour wind you're like this seems borderline unfair however i will say that the course is really really fun and it is absolutely fair. I shot 83 from the tips, from the where, where the pros play in the Sunday pins, and I did not play well. But it could have been higher. It could have been higher. Greens are kind of hard to read. Um, but yeah, it's the best set of par fours I've ever played in my life, easily, and uh, definitely up there with the best golf courses I've ever played. I don't think I never want you to change. I want you to know. I never want you to change your second round. If I have this right, Riviera, you said you played the tips on Tuesday. Yeah. So your second round of golf in, in how many months? Eight months. <laughs> I maybe not quite that you know, many. Se- but seven, since six August, months, I guess. Yeah, six months, whatever, whatever it is, and <laughs> you have the audacity to say that you you shot eighty three. Didn't play well. 
I didn't play well. A, you <laughs> are such a son of a gun. <laughs> it, it, it is. A, I played terrible. Dude, fast, the whole trip. I it was. is fascinating to listen to you talk about about your golf game. All right, and then quickly, I'll touch on LACC too because I play. I got to play LACC on Monday, um, which was awesome. That's a really uh, the first thing I would say is has nothing in common with Riv except for the designer. And the town that it's in, there's they're basically nothing alike. None of the holes look the same. It's just like you can't imagine two courses being that close to each other and built by the same guy, and being that different. Like when I go from a bendalo design to another bendalo, and down here in Chicago, or like I go from a Ross to a Ross in Michigan or whatever, I'm like these courses are very similar mm-hmm. i just you just don't get that feel from lacc and riv so if you're expecting riv for the u.s open this year that's not what you're going to get it's wide open meaning there's very little rough that riv the rough is important the fairways are cut narrow there's rough under the trees it's uh lacc is bermuda fascinating um like all the way through the green, according to my caddies, at least. I'm sure I'll find out more of that as we get closer to the U.S. Open. But the grass type definitely felt different. And then it's got thick, rough cut around the bunkers and in like select areas. But the idea is that everything's closely mown. Mm-hmm. So plays more like a Southern Hills or Augusta National, whereas Riv, you're going to be in rough around the greens. <clears throat> and And if you miss a fairway. And that's important at Riv, too, because when you hit the fairway at Riv, your ball bounds forward. When you hit it in the Kikuya rough, it just stops. Like, if you miss the fairway right on 18 at Riv, you're 25 yards behind everybody that hit the fairway because their ball's rolled out and yours just stopped dead in its tracks. Um, They're going to make LACC so long, Hunter. They're going to make it. They're going to shoot 7,800 yards. They can make it. <laughs> Par 71. They're going to tee off from the putting green on one to try to make one as long as they can, which is the probably the easiest hole on the course, just like Riv, kind of a gimme par five. Um, <clears throat> but wind will need to be a defense of the golf course, and I think it's gonna. They're going to try to make length the main defense of the golf course. They, I heard members and people talk about six to eight under winning score. I just don't see it. I just don't see how these guys. I I, re, I think they're going to do better than ten under, unless there's weather involved. I really think they can score. I know Max Homa shot sixty one out here or something, right after they did the redesign. Um, but <clears throat> LACC is fascinating because it's hilly. Riv is pretty hilly too, but you kind of go down into the valley and stay. LACC feels more up and down. And there's like, you know, like local course knowledge definitely comes into play at Riv too. But like Riv, you feel like you see the pin from the T on every hole. Like you know where you're going. It's just like kind of like Tory in the sense of like just how good are you with your long clubs? Yeah. And how creative can you be around the green? Whereas LACC is like, it looks like you just hit it up the middle and then the member has to tell you, you got to aim all the way over at this left bunker way over here to the left at like a hundred yard wide fairway. 
because if you hit it anywhere right of that bunker, it's going down 60 feet below the level of the rest of the fairway, and you're going to have a blind second shot up the hill. Um, stuff like that. Or like it's 11, you cannot go over the green. Like if you go over the green, you are dead. You go down, 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 like 50 yards into it, basically a hole. And you have to play back up to the level of the green. So it's there's definitely some strategy going to be involved at LACC, but I got the sense being there, and I hope I'm wrong, that I think length is going to have to be the main defense of this course. And I think anytime that's the case, you're probably going to yield lower scores than you want because there is no amount of length that is too long for these guys. If 7,400 with a gimme par five and a drivable par four is not too long at rift, nothing is too long. Yeah, exactly. I tell you, I hit, I hit a, I hit three wood into a par three. And other than a couple shorter holes, like I hit a nine iron. And maybe like a seven iron on 16. Every other par four, I was approaching the green with a five iron or longer, often with a four iron or three iron. It's a long ways. And then if you miss the green, <laughs> you have to be have such skill to get up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, uh, so you mentioned the cold weather, were you properly packed for? For forty-two and rain. No, 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 not even, not even close. No, no. I it's when it, when it started raining heavy, I went inside. Oh, and had so, lunch. I so I, <laughs> I to bring, and I came I, back out. I heard after that, that you, you. I played through like nine holes of rain, and at the end, like when I was standing on the ninth green, it was like, guys, it's rain. It's definitely raining. We're the only ones out here. We can go in and take a break. I I thought it was more from what I've been told. It was it was less of a break and more of like as in break. You meant like, like we're gonna go home and we'll take a break until next time I play golf. Not necessarily like a a break in the clubhouse. No, we <laughs> we played the back nine. Was that always the plan? Well, I don't. There was there wasn't really a plan. My plan at that point was to stop playing. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what the weather was going to do, but that was no. My immediate plan was, can we please go inside? I'm soaked. <laughs> what are we doing out here? I'm wearing cashmere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is insane. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you. When I was like, when does it rain like this in California? It's been raining. It's been so rainy there. Yeah, that's uh, that's no fun. Did your did your uh, were your dogs dogs barking after walking all those rounds of golf? I my body held up pretty good. I got pretty sore towards the end, but really it was just my swing that didn't hold up. Yeah. Well, Not that it was good to begin with, but it definitely got worse throughout the week. Which you hate to do. You hate to like you go play golf for the first time and then you get tired, so you end up playing. You feel like you should get better every round, not worse. Yeah. I got worse every round. I didn't play great at LACC. Probably about the same Monday and Tuesday, but then Wednesday and then third. By Wednesday, I was really bad, and Thursday I completely lost it. 
that's not. Um, let's talk a little API. Yeah. How much do we have a radio show uh, this week? No. No. Well, then let me quick Speak- let me quickly run through college real quick. All right, hit the college. All right, so real quick, let's do some college. Um, some college golf. So this is full recall because we missed last week. So I have some uh, catching up to do. Let's start with the Michigan boys. Uh, they had a tournament in uh, Texas on the 13th and 14th, hosted by the University. Is that the University of Houston or Houston University? Uh, and then they also played in Nevada uh, at the late, uh, Lake Las Vegas Intercollegiate on February 27th and 28th, as well as they are finishing today. Uh, as far as the uh, tournament in Texas, they finished third out of 17th. Uh, Pretty quality showing from Will Anderson, who finished the top five, which is his first top five of the season and his second subpar 54-hole total of the season. He finished at minus one. Uh, some bright spots so far for uh, the boys through two rounds uh, at the Las Vegas Intercollegiate. Will Anderson continues to play well. He shot 64 the first round, followed up with a 79, and Hunter Thompson, 71 and 72, both tied 10th at one under par through two rounds uh, for sixty four is good playing. Uh, sixty four is is very solid playing. That's a lot of birdies. Yes, uh, and then the Michigan girls uh, played last week, February nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first, down in Melbourne, Florida, at the Moon Golf Invitational. They finished t seventh out of seventeenth. Uh, Haley Borgia continues to play some some very solid golf. Uh, she finished uh, top 10, uh, 210, 71, 69, 70. Laura Song fired a career and team season low 67 in the second round. She finished 57th after a couple, uh, a couple other rounds at plus three. The Michigan State boys are back in action this week. At the Colton River Collegiate, that's in uh, South Carolina. That's March sixth and seventh, and they're also playing at the the Johnny O at Sea Island, which is at Sea Island Resort, March thirteenth and fourteenth. And then the Michigan State girls are still off for a little bit. They're not playing until March twenty fourth through March twenty sixth out in Phoenix, Arizona. So that is your college recap. Thank you, Hunter. At API. Event, a 40 million purse, another 3.6 mil in first place. Hopefully, you can help me with my one and done because I need to come from behind after playing Sung Jay last week and he couldn't put it in the ocean from the beach. Orlando, Florida, very, very difficult track. We know uh, this track as a place where Tiger won eight times. Eight times. I think he's actually won more time at API than at Torrey. Um, why? Because Tiger is the best iron player in the world. Who else plays great? Rory McIlroy. Um, so both of those guys play really well here. You probably remember this where Bryson cut off like most of the par five fourth hole with his drive over the lake. It's like a horseshoe around the lake. A lot of water. There's water on eight holes, I think. And it's going to be windy. It's always windy here, and now we're projecting gusts over 30 miles an hour on Friday. 
So I will say, whatever you do, pay attention to the weather. Because I'll give you some of the guys that I like, but I'll probably arrive at it may be a Thursday afternoon wave that has a significant advantage by playing their second round Friday morning and staying out of the Friday afternoon win. In which case, I'll probably lean into the players in that particular wave. But this is Scheffler won here last year. He beat like Hovland kind of blew it a little bit. Um, Fitzpatrick plays really well here. Do you have a uh, to me, this is a long irons course. There's more force layups than people realize. People overemphasize strokes gained off the tee here. You don't even hit your driver on every hole. Um, Florida is golf is like that. This is no different from the rest of Florida golf. The difference is this is the most approach shots between the reachable fives and the long fours. You're going to hit a lot of long irons here. Most approach shots over 200 of any course tour, I think, or close to it, something in that kind of neighborhood. So, really, if you're trying to hone in on a skill set, <coughs> long iron play. How well do you play tough courses? How good are you in Florida and in the wind? Um, and how do you play with your long irons? Sean Rahm is six and a half to one in this field. Blows my mind. Rory McIlroy, 99-1, Scheffler, 10. And then there's a big jump. Now, Cantley, Homa, Morikawa, all at 20. Zalatoris, 22. Hovland, Hatton, one here two years ago. JT, JT, 30-1. Jason Day, 30-1. Jason Day and Justin Thomas, 30-1. Jason Day... There's a hot commodity in the betting markets this week. He's also a former winner. But has a great history here, including four consecutive top tens. 35 to 1. Tom Kim, Cameron Young, 40 to 1. Hideki Matsuyama has been bet down to 45 to 1 from where he started. These are all draftings, by the way. And we got Lowry Fowler, Mitchell Spieth, all at 50 to 1. Hunter, who do you like among the favorites this week? Uh, I have two names. You already mentioned them. I think I, I like, I love Victor Hovland this week. Love him. I do think he's going to play well. Oh, and shit. I also really like Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, those are the two oh, that I, those are the two I went to very quickly. Um, oh, shit. I mean, this is, you're like, you're looking inside. That can't be good. Well, well, Peter, I think you're saying something, but your internet's so bad, I can't hear it. Yeah, we like the same guys. Yeah, I. Uh, That's scary. This is like a little, a little look inside my dumb brain. I just instantly think Florida. I think wind. And I just think European. And it happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens every year. But I. I also like Hovland. I'm gonna have a hard time betting him at the same number as Justin Thomas, though. I don't know. What are we doing here? One is it really have we fallen on that hard at times? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I have no crazy. idea what uh, what Justin Thomas's record is at the API to the point there that I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think it's good. I, I, I don't think you really I, remember some of these guys either don't play here, or, you know, Rom's playing here for the second time ever, Shoffley's playing here for the second time ever. 
some guys don't like. I mean, this course is freaking hard. It's in Orlando. There's a lot not to. There's some people really don't like Bay Hill. So I, I get it. If you're on that European track, though, you might want to add Hatton to your card there. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was looking at that. Um, <laughs> he's he t- opened at a much higher number, though. I think he's tough to trail. He's tough. I just never, you never know. He's a, he's a box full of tricks. You just never know. Yeah, know. You never know what I trick know. you're going to get. never get them right either. All right, longer shots, 50, 50 and beyond. I like Keith Mitchell at 50. I don't know if he can win here. It's plus 400 to top 10. He might be a good top 20 bet. I think Keegan Bradley's going to have a good bounce back week. Love him for a top 20. He's 55 to 1 outright. Not completely outside the realm of possibility. Remember, we could have like a minus three, minus two winning score. Can you just like a contest to see who can make the most pars? And then you just you just have to birdie the par fives. Um, Gary Woodland played well here last year, 80 to 1. Chris Kirk, 80 to 1 to go back to back. Oh, Kirk out, has a great me. record here. I love Kirk for like a top 20, maybe even a top. See no reason why he shouldn't keep his form up. This would play well again on this golf course. Um, Always plays well here. Why are you making aces of that? <laughs> because I just want to apologize once again to our listeners. <laughs> this is Ted. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I know it's over. It's over. I uh, I don't think Chris Kirk is gonna go back to back. But what I couldn't hear. What, did you say a finishing position? Yeah, I like it for print. Uh, and then really super duper long shots. Lucas Herbert, good fit. Played well here last year. One eighty to one, twelve to one to top ten. And Sepp Strzok, a great iron player. <laughs> shoot me, just shoot me. And Kitayama, I will never get off the Kitayama train. Two hundred fifty to one. He's gonna do it at some point. Find out this week. Let's go. There's the picks for the API. Have a good week. See ya. All right. We'll see you later. What an entertaining episode that was. (laughs) Just like that, my internet out again. The only thing that's going to keep you from betting Kitayama is your internet. Goodbye. (laughs) Yes. No, I will never let let that. Not even my internet can stop me from betting Kitayama. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys. Enjoy the live call. <laughs>